Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to First Trade. You guys just saw producer Aaron Bree run through the background very excitedly. There he is again. Uh, <laughs> First Trade, folks, if you do not know, First Trade is the show for the beginner trader. We're going to take you from just getting into the markets, like myself, where on the first episode, I literally made my first trade. And now we are a good amount of the way into this show. Um, and we're always learning. We want to make sure you guys are learning, growing with us, if you're in our Discord community. But, folks, we have a pretty sweet episode for you today. I'm going to bring on my lovely, sometimes not so lovely co-host, Mr. Michael Murray. Mike, what is going on? What's that supposed to mean? Why sometimes not? Am I just off some days? Yes. Um, so, right. Mike, <laughs> uh, I am just messing with you, maybe. Um Mike, how how is how has life been? How has the markets been? Have you been making any trades? I know you haven't been in crypto, even though you've been hosting that that crypto trading segment. What what's up? Uh, yeah, it's been good. I I haven't done any trades recently. I've got a couple of long term holds. Um, actually, funny, similar to our guest who is on. We were chatting before we got started. Um, but yeah, man, I, I haven't really done a whole lot. I've been I've been working a ton, like enough to the You're point. Fired. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. No, I just I've been I've been doing a ton of stuff. You know, like I've been going like 16, 18 hours a day. Like I just I haven't had the time to. I don't want to get into it and like not put a hundred percent into it. So I've just had my long term stuff that I think is good. You know, over the next couple of couple of months, and I just kind of let it sit there for now. So there we go. All right, Mike. Uh, I don't want to take a whole bunch of time. This is only our what third or our fourth episode doing it live. Uh, we're getting better. We're trying. Comment section. How are you doing today? Um, I have not seen some activity. So if you're watching, then say what's up. Franny, we got it. The boys are back. Wait, I don't was, the song, but was last week a good live episode or, or, or was it a disaster? I can't remember. Was it it was a bit of both, um, but I think we're going to do better today. Uh, internet is on our side. So, <laughs> folks, we have a pretty interesting guest for you today. If you don't know what TrendSpider is, it is a platform, a pretty cool one at that, where it's basically like a software automated technical analysis program. Uh, it's designed to help traders reduce um, time that they spend, you know, save time, reduce errors, and make better trades at the end of the day. And uh, that is the name of the game. We have Mr. Jake Wajastic, I hope I'm saying that right, from TrendSpider. Um, probably one of the coolest guys we have on Benzinga. He hosts a show uh, from uh, time to time. So if you've seen him before, well, you're about to see more of him. And you know what, without further ado, let me bring on Jake. Hey, Jake, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. You nailed the uh, the last name, so uh, I don't know <laughs> if you're practicing or what, but that was that was right on. There we go. There we I'm go. A, I'm actually so glad you said it because for a second I was like, "Am I going to have to introduce it?" I've never heard it pronounced before, so I saw that and I was like, "Holy crap! How do you say that name?" I was like, "I'm going <laughs> to mangle this." That was good. Uh, you know every, what? I have my moments. I've heard of oh. all. Uh, I've heard every pronunciation in the book. So, oh, uh, that. <laughs> what what's the worst one you've heard? What's like the most? You know, I get them pretty time, uh, pretty often too. My name's Makecha, so 
it's gone a lot of ways. What's yours? I, I mean, way back in the day in like elementary, middle school, I mean, I can't even remember how bad it was pronounced because I don't even know where they got like those letters from, but a pretty typical one is Woojastic. Uh, you know, it's, it's just three syllables, woo jastic. So, uh, it's Polish. So definitely a little different than your typical last name, but, uh, once you kind of get the hang of the syllables, it's pretty, pretty easy to pronounce. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we got mighty soldiers trades Andy in the chat. What's going on? How's everyone doing? Jake for the, uh, for the members of the audience who don't know who you are, why don't you just give a, a quick little introduction and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep, so um, I am one of the founding team members at TrendSpider. Uh, I started my trading journey back when I was in uh, late middle school, early high school. Um, <clears throat> my dad uh, one day said he wanted to open up a, uh, an account for me. Back then, that was like Scott Trade, so I had like a Scott Trade account. And uh, he just said, hey, I, I have to essentially be the main name under the account. I, I, th I think it's custodial or custodian account, whatever one, whatever word. Uh, I was under that. He gave me like $1,000. I blew up the account pretty quick. Um, nice. Probably within a year, a year and a half. Um, and the, the funny thing was, you know, if I would have just held the stocks I bought, I would, I would have done pretty well. It was, it was really just not having any type of risk management, trading, uh, technical analysis experience. I was just kind of looking at random charts and essentially, you know, uh, at this point in time, I was 13 or so, 12, whatever. Uh, once I got into high school, one of my friends, his dad got into like this penny stock and uh, I'm like, oh, I can buy like 100,000 shares of this. You know, it was like 0 0.001 pennies. And uh, and so that, that was kind of the death of that first account. But I really started to kind of trade um, uh, more into high school when the financial crisis ended. Uh, and, you know, back then I didn't have a ton of money. I, I asked for a couple hundred shares of like XL Capital back when it was like $2.50 a share or something. And um, traded actually a family account too. So my mom gave me uh, access to our IRA. And, and that's kind of how I had some success in high school trading the financial crisis. Uh, and then I went to college, traded a little bit in and out, definitely kept up with the markets, but studied economics. So kind of everything went into place and I started understanding why prices move. Why does, you know, why does this happen? Why does that happen? There was kind of a reason behind it based on just simple supply and demand curves. So um, that's how I kind of got started in the markets. And then uh, my first job was working at a, uh, like a biotech startup. And I quickly realized, you know, the only language that I'm, comfortable speaking is really the market. And so um, had a had a subscription service. And then one of my customers introduced me to our CEO, Dan, who was trying to kind of find a partner to start the company. And the rest is kind of history from there. And that was back in uh, early 2018. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I know you touched on it a little bit. So two quick things. Um, obviously, I would love to hear a little bit more about TrendSpider, a quick intro there. And also, uh, a question that we have to ask every guest on the show is specifically if you remember anything about your first trade and how that went. Uh, so trends, yeah, so we'll start with TrendSpider. TrendSpider is a technical analysis platform, but it's also becoming more of a fundamental and non-traditional technical platform. So um, this is for any type of trader, and I'm actually going to touch on a couple things you know, that we do have on the platform. If you are a brand new trader, 
that can really help you kind of train your eye when you're looking at technicals like candlestick patterns, trend lines, that type of thing. Um, but as far as uh, my first trade goes, I think it was uh, Energen, E-N, E-N-G, E-G, sorry, E-G-N back like, yeah, in like 20, uh, 2004, maybe I, I was like 12 years old. I think I was like middle eighth grade or so. And I bought this company Energen. Um, if I would have held that, like I said, I pretty much just went all in this penny stock that was like 0. 0.0001. And, you know, I see a lot of people do that when they first start trading. They're like, oh, you know, I can make all this money because I have more shares. And it's like, well, 10% on $100 is, is the same as 10% on a $100 stock or on a 0. 0.001 stock. So, um, you know, that was just kind of me uh, trying to trying to get as many shares as possible. But I think the first trade I made was EGN, Energen. Uh, it's no longer around. I think they got acquired. But, you know, if I would have held that, that would have been a really good hold. But, you know, I just kind of, I, I don't I don't know if my, my friend's dad was like telling his son to go tell everybody about this stock because he probably owned half the company because how small it was or something. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what happened there. But uh, I, I'd have to re- think about some other ones. I mean, they were... Uh, D Y N M or something was another one. It was an OTC. So back then I was kind of trading OTC stocks. You couldn't pay me to touch an OTC stock. Now, you know, the spread is like massive and it's just, it's not, it doesn't make sense. But, um, yeah, that was, that was the first stock. I think EGN was like a $38 stock or something back, back then. So, uh, quite a while ago, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was kind of how it started off. I think they were like an energy company or something. Awesome. Awesome. Um, okay. So to get kind of into the the meat of this episode, what are we talking about today? Raindrop charts and volume by price and seasonality. Could you just start off by explaining what a raindrop chart is and how you might use that while trading? Yep. So a raindrop chart is a volume weighted chart. So um, a lot of people who are trading, especially like daily candles, if you want to go at the end of the day and see where did, you know, where did most of that volume come in at what price level, you have to go from the daily candle to the two minute or the three minute candle or five minute candle, whatever low time frame candle you're using. And this allows you to see all of that volume throughout the day in one time frame so on the daily chart so what it does is it allows you to see the volume profile of the first and the second half of the day you could even use this down to the 10 minute chart um, maybe if you're more of a day trader or scalper uh, i personally the lowest time frame i'm generally looking at is like the the daily so that's generally what i'm using we're about to have monthly and weekly raindrops so i'll definitely be using those but um, they just allow you to see volume flow without having to go into that lower time frame, And so um, it really helps around support and resistance lines. It helps you see what's going on within a candlestick wick. So if you've got, you know, intraday price action that pushes the price up above resistance, then the price closes back down uh, below that resistance line. You still want to know what happened within that wick. Was there any volume, uh, you know, supporting price above that, that resistance line, whether that's a diagonal line, horizontal line, VWAP, whatever the case is, so that really gives you a better picture of what's going on. Um, and then you can use this uh, even for divergence. So for newer traders, divergence is just looking for a discrepancy between two things. 
So a lot of people look at, you know, RSI divergence, higher highs on the price, lower highs on the RSI. They're diverging. There's a discrepancy there. Uh, with the raindrop, I like to look for discrepancies in color. So if you have, let's say, a red raindrop, which is showing that, you know, buyers are, excuse me, uh, sellers are kind of in control into the second half of the day, closing at a lower volume weighted average price. And then you look at the, um, you know, let's say you look at the regular candle and it's a different color. That's a very powerful type of divergence. I use that all the time. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to use them, but I'm generally looking at them around resistance, support, comparing them to the candle, looking at the wick, that type of thing. Okay, awesome. And is are you is this something you can screen share and like show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I could screen share or not. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think the audience would really benefit from that. You're probably more right. technically advanced than I am. You could probably figure it out. Can there we go. We got it on there. Sweet. Yeah. So, so kind of what I was talking about, you know, these these curved lines here. So your your main raindrop range and the the range of the raindrop and the range of a regular candle doesn't change. Your high is the same. Your low is the same. What's different is your open. Um, generally, if you're looking at a regular candle, your open. Or if you're looking at a price bar, your left bar here is your um, is your open. Your right bar is your close. The left bar on a raindrop is your volume weighted average price for the first half of whatever time frame you're looking at. Let's assume it's the day. So that would be the volume weighted average price for the first half of the day. The volume weighted average price for the second half of the day is this right hand side bar. And then, as I mentioned, on top of that is the volume profile. So it kind of makes sense, right? If you have the volume profile here near the bottom of the range for the first half of the day, it makes sense that the at the volume weighted average price is going to be kind of right in the middle of that volume profile because that's kind of the middle of the, the volume. Same thing here. You can see that this, uh, this right bar is kind of in the middle at the, at the peak of this, uh, volume profile because that's the average, uh, volume weighted average price. So, um, it really can give you a much better perspective on, on what's going on. So if you look at, let's say, something like Bitcoin. Um, last week, we had the huge flush on Bitcoin. And one thing that I found very interesting was the fact that on, um, on the 18th into the 19th, you had this wick here on the daily chart. Make this arrow a little bigger. You can see this was a pretty big you know, range here for the wick. So what you can see is you can see looking at the raindrop chart, remember the kind of the squiggly lines on each side are the volume profile. Well, here it's flat. There is no volume profile. So, you know, based on what the raindrop is showing that that move down was on relatively low volume. Now, that capitulation day on Bitcoin was on like, uh, I think like 4.4 times the 50 day average volume. But relatively speaking, a majority of that volume took place at the top of the range. Not a lot of volume, relatively speaking, took place down here. So to me, that tells me this was a flush or likely a margin call event, which if you look at the news, you know, a day later, there was a news article that said about 775,000 accounts got margin called. But remember that, that the amount of capital in those accounts was like $6.8 billion. So it was likely very low uh, capital accounts that were getting margin called that were just on leverage. And so that kind of waterfall of liquidations created a low volume flush. And that's how you can kind of visualize that. So when we had this candle and we didn't have a lot of volume here, I was pretty bullish on Bitcoin into the next day. 
just because, you know, this wasn't on a lot of volume, relatively speaking to where, you know, majority of that volume profile was at the top of the range. Um, so, so that's, that's really um, something you can use on crypto. I mean, crypto is probably the best responsive um, asset class, if we want to call it that, uh, for technical analysis. I mean, uh, crypto respects supply and demand more than anything I've ever seen. Here's another example on Spotify back in the day uh, before elections, where you have this diagonal resistance. And you can see here, the arrows just pointing to the same candle. So we've got, you know, one, two points, we extend it, here's that third point poking out. So if we zoom in, you know, this is kind of exactly what I was talking about before, where you've got a move above the resistance line intraday shown by the wick, but you still close below it. Now, this is kind of where that discrepancy comes in, right? Technically, this was a green day, but you have a red raindrop. So not only do you have, as you can see here, a lack of volume at the top of the range because there's no volume profile there, but you also have a red raindrop compared to a green candle. So that was kind of like a big red flag. I mean, you had two things there. Um, the discrepancy between the colors as well as the lack of volume profile in that wick. Now, if you go to something like Lowe's, uh, very similar time uh, period last year, and this is kind of my go-to example just because it's, it's almost the same exact example, just completely opposite, where you've got the same thing. You've got this diagonal resistance. You've got volume above, uh, excuse me, you've got the wick above resistance, but you have a close below. Now, one, you have a green candle and a green raindrop. That's, that's a uh, plus, right? You want to see the same color. Um, on top of that, you see the exact opposite of what we just saw on Spotify, where you have all this volume at the top of the range. And then on the uh, candle, you can see that that volume is within this wick. So there's a fallacy in the market. And I was going to say, for someone who is new at trading, I would highly recommend just... I, we have a couple videos on supply and demand. There are so many, you know, misunderstandings of why prices move, right? So like, for example, on this candle here, this was on October 7th, we have this wick that goes above resistance and we have this volume profile above resistance. To me, this tells me that there was very high conviction by buyers. I don't want to call this buying volume because that, that kind of insinuates a one-sided trade, right? Buying volume, there's still a seller that's selling that that you know, supply to the to the demand. So the way I look at this is I look at high conviction buyers, and then those buyers are willing to absorb any supply that's being dumped on the market, and that's why there's a volume profile here. If there weren't buyers to absorb that supply, then you wouldn't see a volume profile up there. The price would have to drop in order to find buyers. So what happens is you get these wicks that form not because sellers came in into the end of the day. A lot of people look at these wicks and they're like, oh, well, sellers came in and pushed the price down into close. What's happening is that really aggressive buying is just done for the day and supply and demand come back into equilibrium as the demand curve shifts back. Um, the quantity demanded decreases because those aggressive buyers are done buying. That demand is, is kind of um, drying up. So it's not always, you don't always have a drop in price because sellers are coming in. You could simply just not have that aggressive buying coming in like you did earlier in the day. Same thing for drops in prices. You don't technically have to have an increase in sellers 
uh, or sorry, uh, moves up in price. You don't actually have to have demand. You simply just have to have people stop selling and then the price will continue up because you need to find sellers and the price needs to move up for that. So um, for newer traders, I would definitely recommend learning a little bit about the supply and demand curves. It will definitely help you understand how raindrops work a lot better as well and how you can really use those to your advantage. Sweet. Hey, you, you talk about seasonality a lot. And I, I actually like I would love a breakdown of that for myself just to know what that is. But I'm sure like a lot of newer traders could use that too. What, what's seasonality? Does that tie into raindrop charts? Like what's the what's the background of that? Yep. So seasonality is important. Uh, you know, a lot of people just look at one side of the, uh, you know, of, of the trade, right? Technicals, fundamentals, you know, you need to have everything in there. So one thing that um, I was really looking at back in um, back in March was the fact that one, we were breaking out of this longer term resistance line. So this is the technical side of kind of the analysis, right? So this is the monthly chart. We finally poked our head above this resistance line. We closed above it. Uh, I can zoom in too, so you guys can see a little better. So yeah, here's here's that close in March, and so. You know, I was pretty bearish in March, like a lot of people were. And then I started looking at the seasonality. The seasonality is just the ability on TrendSpider to go in and see what is the win rate for a particular stock or for, let's say, the VIX over a specific amount of time. So what you can do is you can go to the sidebar. If you click show sidebar here, you can choose your, your time frame that you want to measure seasonality from. So you can measure day of the week. So in this case, on SPY, day of the week seasonality, and it says since 1-121, that means we're looking at how each day of the week has performed since the beginning of the year. So these different percentages are the win rate. So Wednesday, 62% uh, win rate means that 62% of the time, Wednesday closes higher than Tuesday's close. So it's not telling you there's a 62% chance that Wednesday is going to be higher than Tuesday. It's telling you, historically speaking, 62% of the time, Wednesday closes higher than Tuesday. Now, you can use this on different time frames. So for, for this example, going into April, I was looking at the seasonality on the month of the year side of things. So you can see here, monthly, week of the year, day of the week, hour of the day. So if you want to look at any of those time frames and look at the win rates, you can do that. So I went to the monthly. And I looked back since January of 2016. And, you know, what? why did I look back since January 2016? Well, the reason is, is one, you want, if you guys are familiar with anchoring or anyone's familiar with anchoring, generally you want to start a volume weighted average price or volume by price or really anything that you're measuring from a new status quo. So, for example, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go look at seasonality since 2000 because we went through a lot of different cycles. We had the dot-com crash around 2000, 2001 into 2002 with September 11th. Then we had a little bit of a move up. Then we had the 2008 crash and then we had the move up. So you, you're kind of like, you're looking at these different cycles. You want to look at pretty much since something happened. So in this case, I looked back since 2016 because the market was stuck for about two years back in 2014 to the beginning of 2016. This is when we finally put in a bottom on the S&P 500. And that was, that's what marked the pivot point before we continued to hit new highs. 
you know, you can't really go back and say, all right, well, what's the seasonality for May or April since COVID? There's only one year of data to go off of. It's it's kind of it's going to be skewed data. You're not going to have enough data to go off of. So, you know, five years to me is is good enough, especially when you do have a, a status quo change in the market where you finally break out of that pretty much that one and a half, two year range. So here, since looking back since 2016, not only did we have the long term breakout, but going into April, you have a 100% win rate. So that means since 2016, April has closed higher than March every year since we started back in 2016. So it allows you to see, historically speaking, how are things doing? This is the same reason why I was bearish into Bitcoin into May. Um, you know, we had a couple of different things here. Um, well, we had divergence on the monthly, which that was showing here, but this is what we also had. So this is the weekly chart on Bitcoin. The measured move that I was looking at here for the FIB levels was the 2019 high down to the 2020 lows. And what you had here for about two months is you had the 5.618 extension acting as crucial resistance. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, fibs are voodoo, you know, fibs don't work. Well, when you're when you're at all time highs, you really have nothing else to use. You don't have any previous prices to look at. You have to use 0.618 extensions. And a lot of people use that. That's that's why they're um, that's why they work. They become self-fulfilling prophecies. So not only did we have, uh, you know, 5.618 resistance for literally two months, but going back, and this is where I'm going to change the date. Since the, the 2017 top, you can see May only has a 33% win rate. So you can see that, you know, there's not as many years as we saw just in SPY. We're looking back five years. In this case, we're looking back three. But you can see here that May, historically speaking, is the weakest month of the year to, out of the five months that we have so far in a year. So not only were we at resistance, but we were also going into a historically weak month of the year. And you'll see here, crypto is, is historically weak pretty much the rest of the summer. So that's why I'm like a little hesitant on crypto. I mean, if you look at some of these candles, um, it's, it's really hard for me to see how anyone is like bullish other than some dead cap bounces um, right now. I mean, if you look at uh, Litecoin here and we look at the monthly chart, that is that is a hideous candle. Um, I mean, that is just that is not a candle that I could pay myself to go long on. Now, if you look at the candle and then you look at the seasonality since the crypto top back in 2017, uh, same thing: April, May, June, July, August, uh, 33% win rate. August has a zero percent win rate. This is not historically the strongest time for. Litecoin. You can see that you have some slight upticks here in the end of the year and you have a pretty strong start to the year for Litecoin, but the middle of the year into the summer months is just not a strong point for crypto. And Ethereum's the same way. I mean, Ethereum only has a 33% win rate across the board until August. So, and same thing, this is an ugly candle. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're using a lot of different variables here. You're not just using technicals. You're, you're using a mix of different things. Um, Ethereum is one that, you know, clearly we still have about, uh, what's today, the 26, like four or five days left in the, um, in the uh, month of the year, uh, excuse me, in the month. Um, 
and I'm going to change this to 12 because I want to look back and look at the yearly RSI. The reason is 12 months is one year. So I'm essentially looking at the yearly RSI here and you'll see here for Ethereum. I mean, you're kind of at a point that we have pulled back in the past. Um, so, you know, the, the monthly candle is not what I would call bullish at this point. I'm sure many would argue that, you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, all that, which is fine. I don't have any crypto. I don't have any bias. I'm just looking at the chart and kind of basing it off that. Um, and, you know, some people are, would say, hey, well, the RSI was way up here in 2017 and it continued up. Well, yes, that is true. But you're having a big kind of change in heart on the fundamental side. You're, you're seeing a lot of crypto regulations coming out. You're seeing China doing its weird crypto banning thing. So um, this is how I like to tie everything together. And seasonality is a big part of that whole process. Awesome. Uh, super helpful stuff here. Question. So is seasonality something that is like mostly only available on TrendSpider? So it's not available on a ton of other platforms. One thing that some platforms have, they do have like the month by month seasonality, but to be able to go in and look at like the hour of the day seasonality, um, looking at each hour and seeing is there a particular hour of the day that trades better than a different hour? That's something that's really unique to us. Um, another thing that's really unique is the ability to look at the min max. So this is, this is pretty cool. So if you go, I'll uh, make this bigger here. So you can, can you guys see this like blue cloud here? Oh yeah. So what this will tell you with the seasonality, which I've never seen on another platform is the ability to see which months are most volatile based on the range. So for example, uh, we're looking back on Ethereum over three years. This cloud will tell you, you know, which month is, has the biggest range. So you can see here on August, this is a pretty tight cloud, right? It's it's not that wide. That's because the biggest move that's ever happened in one August over the last three years was 5.37%. The biggest move to the downside was negative 17%. But if you look at a month like October, you've uh, over the last three years, there was one October where Litecoin went up 59.54% in a month. And then there was also a time in the last three years where uh, Litecoin went down 43.31% a month. So this cloud will tell you, you know, which months are kind of have the biggest range, have the most volatility. And then you can see, you know, months like August and months like May, where the cloud gets less wide, those, you know, those are the months that have, you know, a little more stable price action year over year. That's super cool. Um, awesome. Thanks for coming on, Jake. Honestly, like, Really cool stuff. A lot of stuff I haven't even heard about before, to be honest. Um, and so I, I almost feel like I'm going to have to dig deeper into that. Maybe we'll have to have you on again. But uh, we are unfortunately pretty low on time. So I want to be respectful to the next show, um, which is pre-market prep at the close. Jake, again, thank you so much for coming on. If people are interested in Transpider, where, where can they find out more? So you can just go to Transpider.com. And we actually have a Memorial Day sale going on right now. 45% uh, off any plan. So if you go to trendspider.com, um, it will it will literally say right at the top. If we just you know go to trendspider.com, uh, right at the top here, if you go to the pricing page, you got all the information right here. So you can choose from these different plans. You can choose from a monthly, yearly. If you want to look at the different pricing for monthly or yearly, just click the little button and it'll switch on and off. 
But yeah, huge, uh, huge sale going on right now. So this would definitely be the time to check it out. We also have a seven day free trial, so you don't have to buy right away. You can try it out before you buy and see if it's something that would work for you. Wait, did that other page say bring a tank to a knife fight? Uh, I think that is one of our marketing. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That is awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I dig it. Yeah, this is uh, this is the you know the main page, and then if you want to explore the platform or you want to uh, explore the pricing, you just go to these different headings and just click on them, and you'll find everything you need. Nice man, awesome, That's awesome. All right, Jake. Well, well, thanks for coming on. I definitely learned quite a bit, and uh, I think I have some more learning to do. Uh, you know, without further ado, I, I think that that about does it for our show today. Was was there anything you know that we missed that you wanted to cover? Uh, so, you know, yeah, I'll just quickly mention, you know, if you are a newer trader, there are a lot of, you know, cause raindrops and some of this other stuff we talked about can be a little, um, intimidating. We do have things like the pattern recognition, right? If you're, if you're a newer trader, the first thing that I would learn is what are different candlestick patterns? So you can go in and you can type in, let's say an engulfing candle. And if you want to kind of train your eye to see what's an engulfing candle, you can use the pattern recognition to see you know, these different setups. So you can start realizing, oh, that's okay. That's an engulfing candle, you know, all these different candle patterns. Uh, and we have the auto trends. So the system will automatically draw trend lines for you. So you can kind of start training your eye on different setups. And then, you know, all you have to do is double click, double click, turn off trends, and you've got a clean chart. So a lot of different ways to use the platform. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I feel like, yeah, that'd be super helpful, especially for people who haven't spent a lot of time looking at charts before and don't necessarily know what this stuff means. I know yeah. sometimes it's like really overwhelming for me. So um seems like a really helpful tool. All right, all right yeah, Jake. All types, all types of traders. There we go. Um, what was that, Mike? Oh, I just said love it, man. No, don't, don't mind me. Just do your thing. Do your thing. Don't even <laughs> mind me. No, I mean, I love it too. And uh, I think, I think folks that does it for today's episode of first trade thank you so much for joining jake thank you so much for coming on mike you're here anyway we'll see you on the next episode of first trade which will be next week wednesday at 3 p.m and without further ado folks i'm going to send you over to pre-market prep at the close thank you see you bye welcome to first trade the show where we're educating new investors and traders we recognize that some of us are experienced traders and some of us aren't that's why we wanted to level the playing field and make did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.